The following content may contain graphic depictions of actual crimes that took place. Listener discretion advised. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Love Thy Neighbor, Condos, Crimes, and Ramifications. Episode 2, Signs of Trouble. Today's episode takes place in an election year, when it's not uncommon to see big, bold signs out on front lawns advocating for one presidential hopeful or another. Some are polite, and some not so polite. But all of them serve to remind you, don't forget to vote. And then, once the election is over, they disappear, just as fast. It's doubtful that in the history of these signs, anyone's mind was ever changed after seeing one of them. Then again, maybe it's not about influencing others. Maybe it's simply to tell the world who you, the signposter, have chosen to support. For most of us, these signs mean little more than an interesting footnote or insight on the person or people who put the sign up. But for others, it might be a small spark of hatred or enmity that leads to negative feelings or hostility. As we're all keenly aware, political beliefs can be heavily charged and very quickly cause extreme feelings of resentment or anger. I'm thinking of perhaps the dinner table around election time and how difficult that can be. Perhaps this is because both sides firmly believe that their opinions are correct, and so by default, the opposing opinion is wrong, and possibly a threat to their own beliefs. If you're a resident living in a community where politics or agendas have split sentiment, it may not be that easy to stay neutral, since the outcome of the issues directly affects you, your neighbors, and the entire community. Let us now go back to October of 2008. The association is Old Bellhaven, located in Fairfax County of Northern Virginia. Forty-four townhouses make up the association all of which surround a common area affectionately known as the Square. For many years, this Square was the heart of the association, hosting many community events and get-togethers where folks could get to know one another better, to build a better community. Sam and Maria Farron were part of this community. Sam worked as a winemaker, while Maria practiced government law. As we said, this was October of 2008, and as you may recall, that was an election year. Sam and Maria wanted to show support for their chosen candidate, then-Senator Barack Obama. To do this, they placed a sign on their lawn measuring 12 by 16 inches. There wasn't anything ostentatious about the sign, nothing offensive, and the board of directors didn't take issue with the name on the sign or the manner of the sign. They took issue with the size. According to Old Bellhaven CCNRs, any sign on a unit owner's lawn can't be more than one foot by one foot. Their Obama sign was too large, by just four inches. The board had a choice, enforce the rules as outlined by the governing documents or let it slide. The sign would be gone in a month after all, after the election, and it was only four inches over the limit. On the other hand, rules are rules. If you make an exception here, what else will you have to make an exception for down the line? Rules and consequences. They govern our communities and our society. As our audience knows, serving on the board of directors for your community is a tireless and thankless job. It's like taking on another full-time job that you don't get paid for, 
but do get criticized for in every decision that you make, much like parenting. You'll never make everyone happy no matter what choice you make. And much like our national government, sometimes you get board members who seem less interested in serving the association and more interested in serving themselves and their interests. Abraham Lincoln once said, Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Serving on a community association board does give people power. Not much, but enough to see what kind of person they are. Don Hughes was one of the board members when the Obama sign showed up on Sam and Maria's lawn. In a series of emails later discovered during trial, it became clear that Don was the one who urged the board to act. Sam and Maria received a series of letters ordering them to remove the sign. They didn't know it at the time, but emails also showed that Don was prepared to place a lien on their home if the sign wasn't removed. He called it a teachable moment. Don wasn't going to budge on the rules, not one inch, and certainly not four. Sam and Maria said later in an interview that a handful of prior unit owners had packed up and left the community over various other issues they had had with the board, though they didn't give specific details. They also said that it hadn't always been this way. In fact, Sam served on the board for several years, once as president. He said, over the years, people with common sense and logic left the board and were replaced by a few hardened people. The question became, who are we going to write a letter to? Who are we going to find? So back to the Obama sign. Sam and Maria received their warning letters, so the ball was in their court. They saw this as more than just compliance with CCNRs. They felt it was an attack on free speech, political censorship at the height of an election. It never came out which political party Don Hughes supported, but it shouldn't have mattered anyway. Sam and Maria were fully prepared to comply with the order, but not by removing the sign. Instead, they cut the sign in half, displaying two segments side by side now within the size parameters. A cheeky solution, to be sure, but it addressed the issue and brought them into compliance with the governing documents. The day after the election, they took the signs down. To the Farrens, that was the end of it. What they didn't realize is that their stunt of cutting the sign in half did not sit well with at least some of the board. In most circumstances, when a unit owner doesn't comply with the warning letter, the board's next step is to call the owners into a hearing, where the matter can be discussed and sorted out. If a resolution can't be met, or if the owners fail to show, it can lead to fines or assessments. None of the material we found mentioned any hearing taking place, and we're not sure if the laws in Virginia mandate this step or not. Interestingly, old Bellhaven CCNRs didn't actually give the board the power to assess fines against homeowners. And according to the Farrens, Old Bellhaven had never fined homeowners for anything like this before. So it came as quite a surprise when the Farrens were hit with a fine for their Obama sign. Here's what the board did. They held a secret executive session amongst themselves, where they passed a resolution giving themselves the power to assess fines up to $900. Now, before you go choosing sides prematurely, the board thought they had the law on their side. Virginia Code 55513B states, 
The Board of Directors shall also have the power, to the extent the declaration or rules and regulations duly adopted pursuant thereto expressly so provide, to assess charges against any member for any violation of the declaration or rules and regulations for which the member or his family members are responsible. The Board interpreted this as giving them the power to assess fines, and many people agreed with this logic. It wasn't so much what the board did that opponents took issue with. It was the way they did it. A secret meeting with no one but the board members present. Oh, and the amount of the fine? $15 for every day the sign was up. Critics have questioned if the board interpreted Virginia Code 55513B as giving them the power to fine, why did they feel the need to have a secret meeting and pass a resolution giving themselves the power to fine? Shouldn't the state law have been enough? When the Farrens learned of the power the board had surreptitiously given themselves, they wrote several letters pointing out the illegitimacy of their actions and requesting they repeal the resolution. Unsurprisingly, the board did nothing. Now, remember, Maria was an attorney practicing governmental law. You don't have to be Miss Cleo to see where this is going. In the midst of this little showdown, Sam and Maria found themselves in need of some roof repair. They decided to fix their roof as well as do some work on the deck in their yard. Because they lived in an association, they needed the board's approval before they could start. Shockingly, their plans were rejected outright. It's like we weren't living in America, Maria said. You were always one board election away from tyranny. At the same time that this architectural request was rejected, it was reported that the board was prepared to place a lien on their home over the unpaid fines for the Obama sign. When you have a lien on your home, you can't sell it. You're trapped. And that's a pretty serious consequence. Maybe it was just tough talk on the board's part. They may have had no intention of actually doing it. But then again, they probably weren't thinking that this would lead to a trial which would expose every email they'd ever written about the Farrens. A good rule of thumb as we venture further into the digital frontier, never say or write anything you aren't prepared for the whole world to see. Because one day, they just might. The argument over the power to assess fines, compounded by the board's baseless denial of their repair work, was a one-two punch the Farrens were not willing to take on the chin. They hit back by filing a two-count complaint against the board, alleging that Old Bellhaven exceeded its authority by giving themselves the power to assess fines and for rejecting their home repair request without merit. Sam and Maria's attorney agreed that neither state law nor the governing documents of Old Bellhaven granted the board the power to assess fines. In an interview from 2012, Maria gave some advice to anyone considering suing their own association. She said, Do anything you can to avoid it. It takes a lot of time and money. We were told in the beginning we would lose. We would lose everything, including our home. She also said of the whole ordeal, we learned a lot about people, who's loyal, who is your friend, who wants to help but doesn't want to make it their fight. The lawsuit eventually split into two lawsuits, one for the fines and one for the denied architectural request. While these played out in court, Residents of Old Bellhaven started choosing sides of their own. Sam and Maria say some residents asked them to move. 
Others chose a more passive-aggressive approach. They left bullets in Sam and Maria's yard for them to find, though one might call that aggressive-aggressive. Police and county inspectors were also called on them. Funnily enough, though, one inspector who showed up sided with Sam and Maria, telling them to go get them, meaning the board. One of the residents who sided with the Farrens described the board's actions against them as a crusade, while another resident, sympathetic to the board, said this, when it comes to the Farrens, it's their way or the highway. What it essentially boiled down to was a standoff, both sides hoping the other would either run out of money or motivation. The Farrens had a plan. If they started losing, they would stop the lawsuit and cut their losses. But board members weren't spending their own money. They were spending the association's money. In order to cover prolonged legal fees, annual dues were raised from $650 to 3,500. Quite a drastic increase that had some unintended but very real consequences. Some of the older residents were living on fixed incomes, and the increase in dues had a serious impact on the quality of their lives as they struggled to adjust to the sudden increase in monthly dues. Of course, neither the board nor the Farrens intended for this to happen, but one wonders if they considered it as the feud escalated. Another piece of advice Maria gave to anybody considering going against their HOA is to not take it personally. That seems like good advice in general, don't take things personally, but not everyone practices what they preach, and given the drawn-out trials and large sums of money spent, one can't help but wonder if the Therens weren't also taking this one very personally. Now, both the board and the Farrens claim that each made multiple attempts to negotiate and settle things during the dispute, and that the other side rejected these attempts. Without records of any of these supposed olive branches, it's impossible to know if they happened at all. What we do know is that this showdown tore the very fabric of the community apart. They had never been more divided, and for what? A small political sign in a front yard? Thankfully, the bullets found in Sam and Maria's yard were as violent as things got. In 2010, nearly two years after the Obama sign made its first appearance, Judge Thatcher ruled in favor of the Farrens. He held that the fines levied against them could be assessed only if the association's declaration expressly allows it to impose fines or its declaration expressly allows it to adopt rules or regulations which impose fines. Old Belhaven's CCNRs didn't expressly give them that power. The other lawsuit over the rejection of the Farrens' roof and deck work was decided in 2011. The trial lasted four days in November. That case, too, was decided in favor of Sam and Maria. According to Maria, in that ruling, Judge Nordland found the president of the HOA, quote, totally ignorant of his responsibilities, and that his decisions, quote, came from pure arrogance. When all was said and done, Old Belhaven found itself around $400,000 in debt, between legal fees it owed to the Farrens as well as its own legal costs. Ultimately, residents voted to file for bankruptcy. The Farrens saw this move as a way to keep them from getting their money, but it didn't let the association off the hook. They still had to come up with the money, and they didn't want to special assess the unit owners. What could they do? Well, they did the only thing that they could think of. 
Remember the square, the communal area affectionately known as the heart of the neighborhood? Well, they put it up for sale. At one point, a developer showed interest in buying the square, but after receiving anonymous threats, pulled out of the deal. Now, some of you may be thinking to yourselves, where is the crime? To people like Sam and Maria Farron, the crime was the suppression of free speech and the board allowing their own personal feelings and agendas to dictate their actions, leading to discriminatory treatment. To the rule followers on the board, Sam and Maria broke those rules then filed frivolous lawsuits which bankrupted the association. To the outside observer, though, the crime might be the total destruction of a beautiful community over a lawn sign. The actions of the board and the Farrens divided and ultimately destroyed the relationships among residents. It takes time, but communities do heal. Special assessments will get paid, dues will go down, home values will go back up. That may be true. But in the immediate aftermath, neighbors had to look at each other and the Farrens and their beloved square and be reminded of the awful chapter that consumed their lives for nearly three years. The purpose of this podcast is to shine a light on real-life events that have occurred in community associations in the hope that we can learn from the mistakes of others. What would we do differently in our own communities if presented with similar or related circumstances. Did Sam and Maria resolve the issue by cutting their sign in half? Were the board's choices and actions made with the best interest of the community in mind? What more could have been done to prevent the lawsuit that would drain the community not only of its money, but of its heart? Obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight. It's easy for us to say now that one party could have done this or that to prevent the situation from escalating. But what else is history for if not to learn from it? To inform us of how to behave better in the future. Hopefully, we all learn from stories like these and keep in mind that what may seem like small and just decisions now could have disastrous consequences for our communities down the line. And sometimes, when you live in a community association, you may need to put the needs of the community as a whole above your own.